Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Whatever's coming in 2024. Um, good Lord, you know it's coming. I think it's all right. Uh, I think it'll be all right, you know? But uh, time to look over those backup plans, that's for sure. Mark Zuckerberg is doing that right now with this bunker he's building in Hawaii. Not the first dangerous oligarch to do such a thing, and not at all without reason. Because it is getting tense right about now all around the world. Not the time to be ineffectually posing as Mr. Everyman. Not a useful time to be using the word normalize. I'm hearing through the underground channels from the backstreet etymologists, the local linguists. If you're complaining about something being normalized because it's already in common usage and living practice, well, that's like complaining about the kids these days. Old man yells at cloud, etc. Buck up. Life will baffle you in later years. This is the truth for most of us. Avoiding such pitfalls is the road to wisdom, experts say. A lot of people visiting for the holidays. Not as many as last year. Not nearly as many as two or three years ago. But there are some, and sometimes people ask me, what's it like living in the beautiful high desert town of Swine Valley or whatever it's called around here? And I'm just about to go into the whole thing about how I'm supposed to be the ranger at the sacred grove of Santa Minerva. A hundred miles from nowhere, but circumstances have temporarily conspired and etc. But instead I just say, as soon as there's an opening, oh, it's just fine, I suppose. And then I go out back to see if anything interesting might be going on. But that's no way to start the Christmas radio show, for goodness sake. Goodness sake is one of those goofy euphemisms or what is called a minced oath. Minced oath. Minced oath. Sounds like a dessert. A dessert from a Charles Dickens book. But a minced oath is like Jiminy Christmas or Gadzooks. Now, Gadzooks is a euphemism for God's hooks. 
That comes from the 1690s. God's hooks. That's terrible. And also wrong. For Christmas time. And also, don't think too hard about the word excruciating. Speaking of a long, popular method of Roman execution. Oh, no, I'm looking at the pages I typed yesterday and the day before, supposedly for this show, and it's a bunch of madness about the three-century-long Puritan-Protestant effort to cancel Christmas. The War on Christmas, they called it. But the war on Christmas was finally defeated by capitalism at the business end of the 1800s. And it's too late to prepare another show because here we are on the radio. Night has fallen on the desert. First big winter storms are soaking the mountains and the coastlines and the valleys, and now we're getting it pretty good in the southwestern deserts. Somewhere, maybe, out of my range, there may be a dusting of snow on the Joshua trees and the yuccas and the junipers at the higher elevations, but a wet winter is visiting most of the American high desert this week. This week of the winter solstice. Which means... That's right. Happy New Year. If you can allow yourself belief in the new year. The solstice is not only the end of the solar year, goodbye 2023 and good riddance, etc. But it also used to be New Year's. Yes, until big government started moving the calendar around all the time, winter solstice was the New Year's Eve celebration and often the New Year's Day celebration, too. As was true in the Mediterranean classical world of 2,500 years ago, in ancient Greece and the neighboring civilizations and empires... I know it annoys some people, especially when some other annoying people are always shoving various religious holidays down your throat. But be of good cheer, if you can, if you can manage it. As usual, in our time, a lack of knowledge and lack of imagination shackles the mind and shrinks the heart. The whole northern half of the planet experiences the end of the solar year, whether you're mad at a plastic baby Jesus in somebody's yard or not, you know? Whether or not you've stumbled upon the bizarre notion that a crooked sword made of Christmas lights strung up on a hillside represents... Who knows? Luke Skywalker? Winter comes, whether or not. 
And if we are fortunate, winter will be followed by green springtime once again. And Yuletide is a beautiful way to describe the festivities and good cheer we can enjoy if we want to. And I tell you this, long after the fading, faithless, bad faith, blood-soaked, monotheistic religions are finally forgotten for good, starved and discarded by good old lack of interest, humankind will still be celebrating Yuletide with feast and caroling and the very ancient traditions of keeping the evergreen inside and the Yule log blazing during the coldest darkest time of the year. The names change, empires fall to ruin, but the road goes on forever and the party never ends. That last part is a Joe Ely line. So next time some religious extremist tells you to put the Christ back in Christmas, you tell them if the Christians have their way, there would not be any Christmas. Here I'm talking specifically about the country where most of us are listening to this program, the USA. The puritanical fanatics who controlled many of the North American colonies, New England we call it now, so hated Christmas trees and presents and Christmas dinner and joy and peace on earth and the children nestled all snug in their beds that they banned Christmas for most of the 17th century and scorned wintertime festivities for another 100 plus years after that, well into the 1800s. And if they'd had their way, you'd be spending Christmas Day at work with everybody else. Because they are the Scrooge people. Named after Scrooge McDuck. And then after you worked all day shoveling coal, you would just cry in the poorhouse or the tent camp. No music, no dancing, no holiday cheer, no presents, no nothing. So it's not all that different than life today for many of us. The War on Christmas Crusade all over Northern Europe began with the Protestant era. The idea of people enjoying the holidays made the new Protestants especially violent. Violently insane. They'd attack children, singing carols, stab them with pitchforks, throw hot oil on their heads. Happy to kill a child to prevent the singing of a Christmas song. For centuries, this went on, this terrorism. State terrorism. Christmas was illegal against the law in England and Scotland through much of the 17th century. From the time Cromwell's theocratic thugs beheaded King Charles I and ransacked thousands of chapels and churches and cathedrals throughout Britain. Their cohorts in terror across the Atlantic would have succeeded in making holidays and festivals illegal across the whole of the colonies. 
if not for the fact that several colonies, several large colonies, were run by royalists or royalist sympathizers, and even Catholics in Maryland. But remember that in Massachusetts, Christmas remained illegal until 1681, a time historians call the Age of Reason. But you can't kill Christmas because, as the Puritans were at least smart enough to point out, Christmas is not necessarily Christian. It predates the religion of Christianity by many thousands of years. The pre-contact Aztecs celebrated solstice with music, dances, and athletic games. Egyptians still eat watermelon at solstice, something they've been doing over five millennia or so of celebrating the rebirth of Osiris. The many seeds are signs of fertility. The red flesh of the watermelon, a sign of lifeblood. Egypt's great temples at Karnak, along with dozens of other cherished world heritage sites, including Neolithic Stonehenge and Newgrange, are specifically engineered to highlight winter solstice. Darius I put the Persian solstice celebration of Yalda on the calendar 2,500 years ago, centuries before the solstice became associated with the birth of Jesus of Galilee at an unknown date now guesstimated to be around the year 6 BCE in Roman Palestine. Karahan Tepe, the sister site to Anatolia's Gobekli Tepe, now in southeastern Turkey, well it's always been in southeastern Turkey, it's just it wasn't called Turkey. Who writes this stuff? Has the oldest known solstice alignment dating back some 12 millennia or more than 10,000 years before the first Christmas. When the Roman church chose the symbolic dates of winter solstice for the birth of Jesus and summer solstice for the birth of John the Baptist. Pope Julius I may have made it official, naming December 25 as the Feast of the Nativity in the late 3rd or early 4th century. Why? Competing theories, as usual, when you're looking back 16 or 1700 years. Sol Invictus, the invincible son of Roman state religion, was of course a solstice baby. And the endlessly popular festival of Saturnalia, in large part preserved by modern Christian tradition, was a five-day solstice festival that ended on what we now call Christmas Eve. Christmas is almost here, so this timely warning. Father's got his own reminder, and a good one, too. Those Christmas presents will have to be posted much earlier if they're to get there in time. After all, you can always write on the label... Do not open till Christmas Day.
to make sure that the Christmas pudding is not attacked on Christmas Eve. Yes, the proof of the greeting is still in the pudding. But this year, owing to war conditions, the postman's job is going to be very, very difficult. There'll be the same enormous avalanche of parcels, but with fewer staff to deal with them, and a whole lot of other complications due to so many people being obliged to change their address, and sometimes more than once. The plucky owner of this house must have had a grand sense of humour. The blackout doesn't make things any brighter either. Collecting letters in a half-light is a big problem, and transportation no less so. And with the blackout period getting longer and longer, delay is unavoidable. As a result, the job of the postman and the sorters isn't an enviable one. Many an address may look all right on an envelope, but it simply isn't there anymore, so the letter has to go into a special pigeonhole until the owner can be traced. But that doesn't stop the postman from trying to deliver the goods, and often he'll turn up at a house with a parcel for yet another tenant who's gone away. Indeed, there wasn't much left to stay for. So the parcel goes back to the post office until the bombed tenant applies for it, or his new address is traced. Remember, just let the post office know your new address immediately on the special free forms provided. And don't forget to tell your friends. Another point is that this Christmas, the post office won't be able to get as many temporary staff as usual, as so many are in the services. The postman has another problem in finding your house in the blackout, just as you sometimes have. Many other difficulties crop up or drop down like this. Somebody said that there's no present like the time and no time like the present. If you should be a little before time, well, so much the better. Just do this. She's not going to be late for one. She's doing her bit to help the postal authorities do theirs. Follow her good example and post now, but in any case, not later than the 18th of December. Well, it looks like I did not get my Christmas cards out by December 18th. Maybe next year. The early church fathers loved numerology, including the weird assumption that Jesus was conceived on the same date that he died which would have put his birth some nine months after his commonly accepted date of execution. What there's zero doubt about is that nearly everything Americans consider to be Christmas is from prehistoric and ancient Northern European seasonal practices. The holly, the mistletoe, the evergreen tree, the festival of lights on the longest nights of the year, Storytelling around the fire, bonfires and booze. And of course, the little baby in a basket. Here's something from a history website, which sounds true enough to use on the radio on a holiday weekend when I can't find the actual book. Quote, the use of a baby as a personification of the new year has been traced to ancient Greece where an infant in a basket was paraded around to mark the annual rebirth of Dionysus, the god of wine and fertility. I like to pronounce it Dionysus.
Back to the quote. Sometimes, accompanied by Father Time, Baby New Year has appeared in banners, cartoons, and posters for centuries. End quote. Yeah, that's the same baby from the nativity scenes that started appearing in the Middle Ages in the first big Christmas pageants. So why do we have solstice for the new solar year and Christmas for the baby in the basket and the exchange of gifts and New Year's for the new calendar year and the New Year's baby? Like I said, big government, the deep state, the empire. Julius Caesar's calendar reform adopted some 2,070 years ago in 45 BCE was supposedly inspired by a conversation with the Egyptian mathematician who had computed the solar year as 365 and a quarter days in length. This conversation occurred at a banquet hosted by Cleopatra after Caesar settled the dynastic war in her favor. But that's not where the solar year was computed. We strive for some level of accuracy. So the Julian calendar was introduced in Rome the following year with the best Greek astronomers and mathematicians brought in to iron out the details. Every four years would be a leap year, and that kept things pretty much on track with the actual years and seasons. But a couple of errors here and there led to what's called calendar drift. Because the year is actually less than 365 and a quarter days, a little bit less. 11 minutes or so less. Enough to make trouble in the long run, as in over centuries and millennia. So by the 16th century, another reform was required, and that was the Gregorian calendar under Pope Gregory XIII. Lucky 13 is a good calendar, the one we still use today. But it took centuries for Western Europe, all of it, and the various European colonies of the Americas to adopt it. Queen Elizabeth, the first one, was all for the new calendar, but her Anglican church bishops were just nuts about it. Because they specifically believed that Pope Gregory XIII was, quote, the fourth great beast of Daniel. And if you're wondering, Daniel who is Daniel Craig? So solstice and New Year's and the Christmas celebration used to be the same thing at the same time. Ten or eleven days of calendar drifts separated winter solstice from New Year's Day. And the Gregorian reform stranded Christmas on the old 25th of December after the new and current winter solstice day on the 21st. Now you know. Go forth and teach all nations, etc. This is a good red, blue, black, silver track we're hearing. 
I think this one's from a couple of years ago. I like to pluck some out of the archives because I don't remember them all after seven or eight years of doing this. So, celebrate your religion at the winter solstice if you like. It's even okay to make up some third-rate Christmas-style holidays so you can claim it's part of your religion or culture, too. That's the habit that really began in the 20th century in America and spread around the world like a bad TV show. Enjoy your holidays. Enjoy the desert if you're lucky enough to be out here for the holidays. Try not to fight about religion around the holiday feast table. You know, we pay other countries to do that for us. Isaacs and across these Mojave Desert lands, this has been Desert Oracle Radio broadcasting from Z1077 KCDZ 107.7 FM in the high desert. Did you hear it's Giving Friday right now or Giving Saturday if you're listening tomorrow on the podcast? Giving to Desert Oracle Radio is the full name of the date. Right here on my Google Gregorian calendar, this advertising-free show is supported by listeners like you, apparently. So thanks to the few and the proud who contribute on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com Desert Oracle. Thanks to Red, Blue, Black, Silver for the soundscapes and go visit his collection of music on Bandcamp. Blue, black, silver, all one word. And that's the color of our Christmas tree, too, here at the Desert Oracle Radio Studios, like every year. Black tree from the fire. Red from the Viking blood sacrifice splashed all over it. Silver from the tinfoil decorations. And blue from the terrible cold. It's very cold in the studio. We can't run the heater because you can hear the fan on the radio. Thanks to everybody for listening this year and every year. And if you look on that Patreon page, we have all the previous Christmas and Solstice episodes linked up to the podcast. And if you're listening or streaming on the radio tonight, stay tuned. Because after the break, we've got a classic Desert Oracle radio Christmas episode with our old friend Brendan Mays. Have a good holiday, everybody, and good night from the Voice of the Desert. (laughs) 